Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. RKS Pickens Jackson. All systems go. Live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. It's now Live in the studio. It's the Out of Bounds Show with Low Bounds. Streaming live worldwide on the Out of Bounds radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. All set. Let's go. The Zone. To you and to me and to Blake. We are the Out of Bounds Show. We're getting closer and closer. 1059 The Zone, ESPN, 50,000 Watt FM, WRKS. We're streaming live for you wherever you are in your house, you're at Fondren Fitness, you're walking in the neighborhood, or you're at the donut shop. Actually, you need to be at either Broad Street Bakery or B3, Burgers, Blues, and Barbecue for breakfast. And if you're there, go ahead and pick us up something. Uh, we're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app, in which Blake pulled some of those numbers, and those are amazing because of you. And we're also streaming on thezone1059.com. Thezone1059.com. Want to say good morning to you and your dog. Welcome in. I took my dog out this morning. Um, so I don't usually take the dog. He doesn't get up when I get up. <clears throat> and Wendy's out of town. And, uh, you know, so that's weird for me. I, I've been doing this since, uh, well, 2003, but I moved to morning drive in 2005. And uh, so I've never taken my kids to school. And I think I missed that window with, Ella Hall, because she's now at Mississippi State, and my son's a senior, as some of you know, and he drives himself. Uh, although I do pull if they, like, go on a trip or something, and it's a 5 a.m. drop over the years, a 4.30 drop. You know, they both went to Washington, D.C. through MRA, and they did uh, some other stuff. I'm not sure what it was, but, I'm, I'm, I, you know, it's like a handful of times I show up in a parking lot at 4.30 in the morning. Um. But yeah, so I had to take the dog out and he, I don't think he really understood what was going on uh, because he looked at me like I was insane when I picked him up. He only weighs like, I don't know, seven or eight pounds on a really good, maybe after he's eaten a little bit of his dog food. Um, And so I took him out, did the whole deal. Uh, Wendy had already fixed the coffee. I did not know that. So all I had to do was plug that in 
but he's he's a two taker outer in the morning. So then you have to wait and kind of sit there and stare at him. And he doesn't really do a lot, you know. I mean, he's just a doll. He he just sits there. And so I kind of sat there and whatever. And then I took him out again. So that that was uh, that was my morning. And I heated up some deer sausage for uh, for Wilkes so that he would have some kind of protein to maybe uh, use his noggin today in in school. And um, that was my morning. Oh, Rex. Yeah, Rex. Rex He's the big wolf wolf in the dog. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That guy's scared of his shadow. Yeah. uh, Oh, Rex. Yeah, he's not a, he's not really a ferocious, and now he's ferocious. (laughs) Yeah. Now, he he was a yapper for a while, not a lot, but if somebody came by, you know. Yeah. um, A little ankle biter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was about it. I mean, other than that, he's. (laughs) You know, very low key. Now that he's old, he can't hear or really see, and so he just exists. He, you can walk up on him now, yeah. and he just kind of holds his head up. Yeah, and he's like, "Are you going to pet me?" Yeah, he just exists. Yeah, that's that's hey, look. Nothing. He he's run the race. When we get to that age, we all hope to just exist. Damn right. <laughs> he, he he's run the race, and he did it well. What a man. Yeah, powered by the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook. And award-winning Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. DancingRabbitGolf.com. Book it. Talk to us about it. Let us know when you're going. Um, did we give away any golf gift certificates yesterday? Uh, no, but we can today. Would you like to? 7.30? I think we should. All right. In, in the I've 7.30 segment, we'll give some away. Several back yeah. there. Yeah, let's do and it. And I don't know when they expire, but it's in the next six weeks or eight weeks. Now's the time. Yeah. Well, it's finally, I mean, let's be very honest. It's been ridiculously hot over the summer. <laughs> so that overcast the last two days was you nice, gotta, wasn't it? It's hard to it, you got to want it to be out playing golf over the last two months. Yeah, I mean you got to want. I've it. gone with Wilkes. You know, when you're young, you don't care. Uh, uh, I've correct. gone with Wilkes to Live Oaks a um, um, couple times. Well, several times. I just ride. You yeah, know, hang out, and um, I may light a cigar and whatever. But, uh, yeah, it, it can get – he's not necessarily a, a super early – uh, you know, if I can get him up and running by 9 on a weekend, that's pretty good. Unfortunately, in the summer. I'd like to get yeah. out there at 7. Correct, yeah. You know, knock it out, be done at 9, and then I can go on and do whatever it is I want to do. Um, but you're right. I mean, you know, you do have to want it or, or pick your spots with some cloud coverage. Uh, and of course, a summer thunderstorm can roll up on you in in literally three seconds. That is correct. But uh, it, it's now perfect weather to be going and playing some golf at Dancing Rabbit. Yes. So it's we're we're time. getting there. You want to plan September, September, October, and November and December here, um, can really work out for your golf game. Absolutely. So even in you know you can you can have like a December tenth, December thirteenth day where it's oh, magnificent. Yeah. You know, sixty degrees, and you're out there. 65 and you're feeling great just depending on which way the weather's going um 65 is usually what i put up on the front nine <laughs> no that's you total <laughs> i wish <laughs> i wish at one point though you said you were pretty good i was not terrible i was shooting in the 80s yeah. i wasn't shooting like i mean you never played four days a week no i mean no. if you do when yeah. i was bartending when i was when i was working at sombra oh, you and said bartending, you played during the day we would we would play 
because I wouldn't go into work until four. I got gotcha. you. And so we, I had a group of like other guys that managed and bartended there and stuff like that. And so we would all, we would, we would play like two or three times a week for like a four month span because, yeah. because we could, <laughs> we would go to sunny guy <laughs> down in Jackson. <laughs> it was $20 to was play. It really? Kid you not, it was twenty dollars to play. Twenty dollars. Yeah, it was an absolute goat rodeo. It was terrible. Sunny, is it the one down there by the On, the, uh, the kind of uh, uh, National Guard? Uh, yeah, uh, Air Force Base you, thing. You go down Woodrow uh, Wilson. Yes, all the way down Woodrow Wilson yeah, yeah, towards yeah, yeah. two twenty. Yeah, I played that once yeah, it, about it is thirty a years ago. Pasture. I don't know if you could really say I played it. No, it wouldn't. I didn't play thirty years. I didn't play till I got into. Grad school, he played a few times. It was like 1998, yeah. 99. My, shout out my buddy, so. my buddy Morgan Brazier got his only hole in one on Did that he course. Really? Yeah, a little par three. I think it's like 10. Did y'all sneak beer in? Uh, I wasn't sneaking. He just walked it out there. <laughs> That's true. Who, who would have cared? <laughs> wasn't nobody working. <laughs> right, right. That's so awesome. Yeah, yeah. We played. Uh, Should we, we do played a remote Sunday from guy. there? No. Okay. All right. Uh, you can hit us up on the Farm Bureau Insurance call-in line, 601-707-3750. Uh, the Twitter, Twitter, at Bo Bounds. Oh, hey, I'm on Instagram, at Bo underscore Bounds. Um, at Bo underscore Bounds. I need to do more on Instagram, but I'm I'm trying to figure that out. Um, what was Mississippi Ag is now Ag Up Equipment, John Deere Tractor Text Line. Uh, you know it. I know it. It's all about agup.com. The text line for the show is 601-885-3776. Okay, we're not going to do a remote from Sunny Guy, but we are going to do some remotes from Dancing Rabbit Golf and the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook. Is that cool? Absolutely. Okay. We got to do it from the uh, the little balcony setup that we had over there at Dancing Rabbit. Wasn't that nice? That was a nice little setup. I love doing I don't know why it is. There's just certain places I like doing shows. And, uh, I mean, I love the sports book. It's cool. But uh, over the year, I guess the last 18 or 19 years, I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, we've been at Dancing Rabbit probably 25 times. And uh, there's something about broadcasting from the back porch there that is awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, kind of it's, a, it's beautiful. It's kind of Augusta feel. It does. It's really, really nice. And I like it a lot. So, uh, dancingrabbitgolf.com. Book your stay and play now and enjoy the golf course, the sports book, and Philip M's. And let us know when you're going. Big Board coming up next. Good morning. Welcome in. Tom Luganbill on the Yingling Lager guest line. We'll switch gears here. What, what else do you think that we could see from w Will Rogers? We take for granted that he's been playing a long time, but you're really not supposed to play your first two years in the SEC, especially if you're not in a blue blood. Uh, he's he's a true junior. He's gone through the, you know, getting beat up as a freshman, played pretty damn well as a sophomore. And yeah. the, the, out of Mississippi, I was in Starkville uh, over the weekend, and they believe they've got, even though it's not um, – big names, they think their top six receivers are the best that they've had, all right, collectively. So what do you think could be next for Will Rogers with the way he played last year and really at times 
played really well, Tom? Well, statistically, it's going to be no different than it's ever been for any quarterback that's played for Mike Leach. I mean, we can go all the way back to, you know, Tim Couch at Kentucky, and then we can go to Josh Heupel and some of those guys at Oklahoma, and then, of course, all of the Texas Tech guys. And they just they just plug in, right? One guy comes in, goes for forty seven hundred yards, he completes seventy percent of his passes, forty touchdowns, he plays for two years, the next guy comes in, does exactly the same. I think what's interesting about about this team, because this team is gonna have very little excuses. He went seven and actually got seventeen starters back. All right. I mean this is and and a lot of their starters are in all the right places. In their offensive line, they've got to replace both tackles, but the defensive front and front seven itself is completely uh, intact. I agree on the wide out front. They, they've got a, a bunch of guys that have played a lot of football, a lot of seniors, too. Seniors. How many people are playing with three seniors at wide receiver in college football right now? Right. I mean, it just, it just doesn't happen. So, And I know I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but if you're going to make the next step and you're going to be expected to, to beat somebody that maybe is better than you are, how do they get him some help on the ground? I mean, I, I think that it, it can be as simple as that. How do we, how do we somehow force teams to not rush three and drop eight all the time because they're not scared of us wearing the football? And that, you know what? I remember his last, second to last year at Washington State, and they had a running back, and I, the name just slipped my mind. I think his last name was Williams. He was their leading receiver on the team. He was their running back. And what they did is they just utilized him as an outlet guy. So if they wa- if they weren't going to run it and they were going to throw it all over the lot and people didn't want to rush him and they're, they're rushing three and dropping eight, they they take all their guys, run downfield, and then throw the flare route or the or, or the check down to this guy. And the next thing you know, he's in space and you got to tackle him in space and he gains seven yards here, eight yards there, six yards there, ten yards there. That might be the secret ingredients that could be utilized. Okay. Yeah, and they pull Georgia from the east, which is for the second time in three years. So Leach yeah, is right. not live, what we call living right in the SEC. <laughs> um, Kiffin is yet to pull Georgia and pulls Kentucky again. So he, for the second time in three years, Kiffin cool, pulls the Vanderbilt-Kentucky combo. And I know Kentucky's better, but they ain't Georgia. And no. And for the second time in three years, Leach pulls Georgia. Um, and so that that's going to be difficult. They they start off with Memphis, Tom. And Memphis, it was a yeah. wild game last year. Memphis beat them. It was crushing for the, yeah. for the team. And then they go to Tucson, Arizona with a new coach and staff. But bottom yeah. line is... They they have to start two and zero because their schedule is so difficult. Yeah, I mean, I, I think to be honest with you, going into that Texas A and M game, they've got to be three and uh, excuse me, they've got to be three and one or four and zero. Um, because if you look at the stretch starting on October first, it's A and M, Arkansas, at Kentucky, at Alabama before they get a bye and host Auburn and Georgia. So if they're not three and one, four and zero, in fact, they need to be four and zero. They've got they've got a four there. They're going to get the breather of these Tennessee State on November nineteenth. But you're right, the early going, and the thing is, they should be with their returning experience and the type of team that they're going to have. Quite honestly, they're further ahead right now. They might not have as good a pure athlete as LSU does, but they might be a better team 
than LSU is, but they got to play them on the road, and that's always difficult, as we know. All right, so that LSU game, because it's early, we all have confidence in Brian Kelly, but that'll only be the third week there, and they may still be trying to figure some things out. You at least, you're you're giving Mississippi State a shot to possibly go down, get in that game, hang around for a while, and maybe even win it. Absolutely. There's no question. Because, you know, LSU is going to still be, you know, making adjustments. They're going to be, you know, doing what they do as far as getting to know their team and figuring out, you know, who's their quarterback going to be. Are they going to be playing more than one quarterback? Um, now, defensively, LSU is going to be loaded. Their front seven, everybody's back just about at the too deep level. So they're going to be pretty darn good on defense. And, and, uh, It'll be interesting to see if, if, if Mississippi State's able to go up and down the field on them. And we still don't know what's going to happen there at quarterback. We've talked to you about it, whether it be Miles Brennan or, or Nussmeyer or whatever, but that's going to be fun it's to see what hangs. Yeah. Yep. See, we've got a quarterback battle here uh, with Luke Altmeyer and Jackson Dart, and people automatically gave the job to Jackson Dart, like February whatever, whenever Dart announced, whenever Dart and Trigg announced they were coming right. to Ole Miss. And he may win it in the next two weeks. Who knows? But uh, Ole Miss is in a different spot, Tom, because it doesn't matter if I play quarterback their first, um, I think, four games. Um, I think they're going to boat race um, all those teams. And I wonder if Kiffin's going to spend the better part of those first four weeks letting both Altmeyer and Dart just rack up a ton of reps because they could be beating people by 17, 24, even more points. Right. Yeah. Well, listen, it might be the smart approach to take too. And you keep both guys engaged. Um, and especially Altmeyer, uh, because you want to keep him around and, and listen, it's easy to always assume when the high profile guy makes a transfer that's on campus, that he's just going to be the guy. And I think we're foolish when we do that, but it's easy. It's kind of human nature, right? Jackson Dart was highly recruited, extremely talented, um, and we haven't seen a ton of 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 Altmaier yet, so I think you've got to let that one play out a little bit because I would imagine it's a lot more competitive than people think. Yeah, look at this, Tom. Usually don't pull this in the SEC. Troy, who's evidently awful, uh, and wow, they used to have a hell of a program. Central Arkansas yeah. at Georgia Tech. We know Jeff's, you know, Badland, mm-hmm. and and then Tulsa. That's as good as it gets. Four game stretch in the Southeastern Conference. Oh, absolutely. And But the thing is, you better take advantage of it because you're not going to get it. You, you can't slip up in, on any of those because you're not getting any favors on any of the other matchups. Kentucky comes to Ole Miss for game five. I know Stoops has done a you know a really good job considering who they, they are. I think Ole Miss has got a chance to run them out of the stadium. Tom, I, I just I don't have any confidence in what the – Will Levis is talented. I don't have any confidence in what they'll do on the on the offensive side of the football. Well, I'll tell you, if you flip over to the defensive side, if you want to talk about boat racing, Kentucky's going to have to revamp their entire defensive secondary. So oh, they're going well, to have they, a bunch of new guys. Yeah, so they're going to Kiffin they're will have a field day. A right, and, and and listen, that game is obviously super important. Because if you fast forward to October 15th, look at the run that Ole Miss has to go on. Auburn at LSU, at Texas A&M, Alabama at Arkansas, and then Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl. I mean, give me a break. That is brutal. Wow. Blake, what do you got? 
Uh, you mentioned an interesting name there, Tom. Uh, Brian Harson and Auburn have been a hot point of, of contention all offseason. How close do you think it really is to them going a different direction if things go south? Because I look at the Auburn schedule, and I look at that bye week right after the Ole Miss game, and I go, it, as easy as it is for Ole Miss up to that point, it might be doubly difficult yeah. for Auburn to that point. Yeah, you're, you're 100% uh, correct, Blake. I think they're going to be a lot better than people think they're going to be. Um, that's just my personal feeling on it. Doesn't mean that they're going to be a 10 win team, but I think if you, every time we've traditionally seen Auburn step up and play pretty well, it's generally come on the heels of an off season where nobody's paying attention to them or they're taking a lot of heat and then they show up and they play pretty good. I'm kind of pushing my chips to table to the table that they're, that they're going to be as a result of that, what I just said, they're going to be better um, but there's just there's just so much negativity swirling around that place, right? It's just like how do you get out from under that cloud? And Brian Harson has handled things as probably as good as any one individual could. Um, but at the, end, at the end of the day, he's going to have to start winning a lot of games. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome in. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by USA Pawn and their mega store, I-55 South, McDowell Road, usapawn.com. Nick Fulton was in the house talking Rolex, the market for Rolex watches, and then their uh, Alabama Crimson Tide National Championship set is three rings and uh, for sale at USA Pawn now for $25,000. Uh, Nick, thank you. Nick Fulton joined us on the uh, Yingling Lager guest line, just like our next guest does. Steve Robertson, uh, 247 Sports, Jeans Page, and the Boneyard Podcast. We'll talk some uh, Hale State football. Steve, let's start with QB1, Will Rogers. Uh, Does he look better? Does he look different? Uh, What have you seen the last few days from the true junior from Brandon in Will Rogers? Yeah, Will's having a good camp. I mean, I, I think the main thing is just from a leadership standpoint. You know, I mean, you, you know what he's going to do uh, on the field, but I, th- I think he has been a little more maybe demonstrative is the word. You know, I think he's holding guys a little more accountable, and he's always been that leader type. But I think that's kind of hit another level. And, you know, it was an incident a couple of days ago that uh, Katravian Hargrove had an had issue with drops and during some drills and, and Jason Washington kind of got onto him. But uh, when practice ended, the first guy to walk over there and, you know, dap him up and slap him on the helmet and encourage him was Will Rogers. And that's encouraging to see. I mean, that's a redshirt freshman. That's not a guy that, uh, you know, that you're expecting big things from this year. You do eventually. But, you know, I, I think Will's leadership is probably the, the biggest thing that I've seen maybe advance with him this year. Okay. Hey, hey, does he look bigger? 
Stronger? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, yeah, a little bit. I mean, you know, and I think, too, you know, Will's command of the offense. I mean, he makes it all look really easy in practice. I know he'll tell you it's not, but, you know, that's what being a third-year starter does for you. You know, it all kind of becomes second nature. He's having a good camp. And, and listen, Sawyer Robertson's had some moments, but and I know Mike Leach said there's going to be a quarterback competition. There, there's really not. I mean, but but Sawyer Robertson's getting, you know, a lot, a lot of days – probably more than 50% of the reps because, you know, they're trying to get him ready in case he has to play at some point. But uh, it's been those two taking the lion's share of the reps once you get out of Pascal. Okay. How, what is the what is the read on the MSU offensive line? They lost Charles Cross and Lashley on the other side. Well, let's start with left tackle. Uh, what's taking shape? there at left tackle to protect Will Rogers? Well, if, if we're getting ready to play a game tonight, uh, Dollar Bill Johnson would be the left tackle. And uh, I think he's edged ahead. Percy Lewis, at this point, I just don't think is ready. And uh, now he's committed himself. The guy works hard. You know, he's trimmed up his body and stuff. I just think, you know, in the early stages of camp, you know, he's still swimming a little bit. And that, that's we see that every year with, you know, with a junior college player that comes up. But yeah, I expect him to play, but I think at this point, when you get ready to play Memphis, it's going to be, it's going to be Dollar Bill. And, and here's the thing too that I don't think people fully appreciate. So Dollar Bill Johnson last year, you know, changed his diet up a little bit in the off season, uh, went and worked with a trainer, got a little bit stronger, and then you know spent some time working with an offensive line trainer on his own. Like he, that's what he did. He committed himself to go do those things. And I think a lot of that is because what he saw happen with Charles Cross. Now, does he have that type of ceiling? I don't think so. But it's good to see a guy go out there and try to pick up the floor a little bit, you know, on his own and commit himself. And I, and, and to me, that's why you have seen him, you know, kind of emerge as that guy at left tackle is because of the commitment that he has made to self-improvement. So you think he's – he's right. He's not going to be Charles Cross for MSU – fans or the team, but you think he is capable of handling the left tackle position? I, I do. And I think one of the things that's important to understand, Bo, is Mississippi State's not going to be better at left tackle, but you may be better as a unit, you know, because of the people around you getting better. And, and uh, yeah, I think Albert Reese has had a good camp, but I saw something yesterday that's rather intriguing. And I think this is probably the direction things are going to go is Reese goes to right guard and Cam Jones goes to right tackle. And then that gives Albert Reese perhaps chance to kind of get in a full year as a starter and then slide out there uh, next year. And that, that's not to say that Albert Reese hadn't played well in camp. I think, you know, Cam, where does Cam Jones benefit you the most? That's well, probably right tackle. And so that's just something that I've kind of got my eye on. You know what you got with LaQuince and Sharp and, you know, you, you'll figure things out there at left guard. But uh, I, I think we're getting pretty close to that first team unit probably being set. So Cam Jones gets kicked out to right tackle. You believe Albert Reese will move into right guard. Is Cam Jones, can he play right tackle at a high level? Absolutely can. And, you know, he did in 2020. And that's the thing, too. And we've had this discussion before. You know, when Greg Allen was suffering um, or struggling, you know, a couple of years ago, yeah, in practice, you know, Cam Jones is like, hey, coach, can I go? The next thing you know, he gets out there and 
technique-wise, he had no clue what he was doing, but he got out there and he fought and he competed. And all of a sudden, Mississippi State got better. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm not I'm not worried about right tackle. I think Mississippi State will be uh, remarkably better at right tackle this year. And, again, there's no way you can be on par or anywhere close to what you've been the last two years at left tackle because you had the top ten draft pick there, right? But if they can just be good at left tackle, I think this offensive line is going to be good. And I think the guy at left guard to really watch is Nick Jones. And I don't know that I would have said that back in the spring, but uh, Nick is a guy that's kind of got some uh, some moxie with him. He he likes to get out there and talk and and uh, go at Tyra Sweet and, and Nick Jones and uh, Buki Watson and people like that. And so – it's going to be an interesting battle there at uh, left guard. You know, Cole Smith's still involved in that discussion as well. But you're starting to see things settle. And that's really the only question on, on the offensive side of the football is just, you know, how are you going to staff that left side on the offensive line? Because everything else is pretty much set. Who is the uh, – who's the most talented skill player on their offense? That's a great question. I mean, if you if you're going nine quarterbacks, I mean, you could uh, you could certainly make the case for Jaden Wiley. I mean, the guy's really explosive, and uh, you know, he was a guy too that you know has had some issues with drops, and that's been a lot better in camp. Now, of course, you ain't got you know sixty five thousand people out there watching, you know, but he has been better in camp as far as securing the ball and putting it away. And uh, I, I really like this wide receiver group. And I would venture to say that uh, it's probably the deepest group of wide receivers in my lifetime. And that, now, it should be, you know, considering the scholarship allocations that Mike Leach and his staff have, uh, you know, have, have set aside for that position group. And Steve Spurrier and, and Dave Nickel and, and Drew Hollings had those guys done a good job in the last couple of years recruiting uh, those wide receivers. But uh, you know, most of the time it's been, you know, hey, State's got a couple of good receivers and then a bunch of developmental guys behind them. Uh, they're they're probably going to play 10, 12 guys this year at wide receiver. And I don't know that I would have said that a year ago. So Wally, Ra-Ra Thomas, Robinson, Georgia transfer, ducking. How would you rank them? That's, yeah, I think Justin Robinson probably has the highest ceiling. The guy that has looked the best in camp has been Ra-Ra. And, uh, you know, ducking's a guy that's – yeah, I, I said this on my show too, you know, he just doesn't care. And what I mean by that is it's like he's doing things that you, that his pedigree suggests he wouldn't. You know, he went to South Delta High School in Rolling Fork. You know, two of his three years there, they were they were a losing team. Then he goes to Holmes County Community College and had a career 10 catches in junior college, 10. And now he's out there going, you know, face up with Emmanuel Forbes and, and, and taking as well as he's given. Kid's going to play this year. And he's going to make a significant contribution. Is he Makai Polk? No, he's not. But I think he can be part of that committee to make up that level of production. And you know, I, I like the group a lot. And I like their competitive nature. And, that, and I thought yesterday was the most spirited day of practice we've had. And, of course, you know, it's the sixth consecutive day. Guys are kind of getting sick and tired of each other. You know how it goes. Today's the day off. But uh, uh, okay. there was more pushing and shoving and woofing and, and yelling and that kind of stuff yesterday than there has been at any point in camp. And, and it didn't bubble over in a negative way. I was actually glad to see it, you know, the, the competitive spirit. And, and what's, I think some of these young, these new guys coming in on the, on the secondary, we're in the middle of all that. You got Marcus Banks up there, you know, saying, hey, I'm, I'm right here. I'm right here. You want to come back through here? I'm going to be right here. You know where to find me. You know, I'm excited to see that because 
I don't know that we've had a lot of that. You know, that's it, especially in the secondary is, you know, State needed to find some guys that had some dog in them, and I believe they've done that in the NCAA transfer portal. Okay, Steve Robertson on the Yingling Lager guest line. Uh, let's go to – oh, running backs real quick. Marks and Dylan Johnson had to play too early just like Will Rogers and some others because of the way Moorhead left the program. Um, uh, so they haven't really been guys that were capable of breaking tackles. Maybe a little bit more last year, but not really. Uh, do you see a difference in uh, Marks and Dylan Johnson this year? Yeah, and, and I say, you know, I think I think Woody is what he is. You know what I'm saying? I think that he's probably a guy that would have been a great, you know, Dan Mullen spread type running back, you know, but he has become so skilled as a pass catcher. It's a dynamic part of his game now. And so I think he's still kind of adjusting to that, but I, I think he's established himself as, as, as probably the primary guy in many respects. Uh, Dylan Johnson was out for a couple of days, uh, you know, now a father. So congratulations to Dylan. Uh, but, you know, Dylan's back at practice yesterday, and, and he just brings that between the tackles edge. The guy that has been so intriguing to me in camp is Simeon Price. Now, he was hurt last year, missed most of the year, uh, played in a handful of games. But he is really maybe more of the prototypical air raid back. Uh, and he is very explosive. I mean, you, you swing it out to him on that well route, and he makes a guy miss, and he's next thing you know, it's 50 yards in the end zone. And so he brings an element to this offense that I don't think you had the last couple of years just because he is a guy that is uh, he's different than the other guys. And that's not to say better. They're just different. And I think they all bring a little something different with their game. And, but Price, to me, has been probably maybe the biggest surprise on offense so far in camp. Wow. All right. Simeon Price. Uh, so do you think there's enough? Will he do enough to get on the field? Considering, oh, Yeah. yeah they, I think they'll play all four well, of those I guess guys. Do as me. Yeah, Katravian. Yeah, Hargrove's a guy, too. That uh, And you know, Katravian Hargrove is more, more in the Dylan Johnson mold i guess i don't know that he's quite the pass catcher dj is but you know they're all a little bit different and i think price just adds an element to the offense you hadn't had i mean he's just that guy that you know you leak him out there on the well rider you get him out there in, in, in space that that that's a guy that can be a home run threat you know i don't, I don't know that woody and dj are going to beat a lot of sec safeties in the foot race i think simeon price could okay steve robertson the boneyard podcast on the yingling lager guest line uh, enjoy yingling, yingling lager at Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland for lunch today. Steve, what about – let's go to defense. They uh, they really struggled last year with pass rush. Jordan Davis went down. I don't know what happened with Brule and Wheat and so on. Uh, that unit is – the expectations are pretty high, and they've got a ton of reps and starts under their belt. How do you see that unit shaping up? Yeah, that, that that they're really good, and and just watching them in practice every day too. I mean, this this is a senior laden group, so they should be good, right? I mean, that they've had chance to develop. They've been through the SEC wars, and you know some of these guys have uh, you know, got you know three or four years in the rotation under their belt, and so old wins in this league. And you know, Jaden Crumby has been outstanding. You know, in this spring he was somewhat limited, as was Nathan Pickering. I mean, they had, they had some guys out in the spring. I think that actually proved to be a good thing because it gave some of these 
you know, two deepers a chance to get first team reps, right? And so they benefited from getting that extra, you know, practice time. And so now you've got those guys with a little more practice experience at returning with your your guys that have been your frontline starters. And I like this group. I think Cam Young is a guy that, um, you know, Bob Shoup told me during his very first year at Mississippi State that Cameron Young was going to be the next great Mississippi State small-town NFL DL story, and it's unfolding right in front of us. And Cam Young is a very imposing figure, and, and I don't know there's going to be a lot of people in this league that have a, a nose tackle uh, quite like him. I think that guy is very dynamic and, you know, basically came from next to nothing. You know, got under-recruited, and the next thing you know, now NFL guys are up there every day talking about him. And so I think that group's going to be really good. I think that front six, you know, because State plays at 3-3-5, I think that front six is going to be as good as it, it has been you know, pr- probably since maybe 18, you know, back when you had Montez Sweat and Jeff Simmons. Not saying they're as good as those guys, but I think as a unit, they'll be just as good as that group was collectively. And you feel like Cam Young's the most talented of the group? I, I think in his position he is. I think uh, among that group, I would say maybe the best athlete is uh, is Jaden Crumbly. I, I think, you know, as a, a guy that is big and can move and got good length, I think he probably projects a little bit better than Cam does. But I think Cam, as far as the guy that's going to hold his ground and just kind of shut things down in the middle, I think Cam is really, really good at that. And then Pickering has had a good camp too. And a lot of people come in waiting for that. You know, he's shown some flashes. But I think he, I think he's really kind of recommitted himself, you know, to, to football. I, th- I think he loves football uh, probably this year, maybe more so than he has at any point in his college career. All right, you told me about a transfer that you really like Matthews? Yeah, I really like Jackie Matthews. And that's one thing, I think when we're honest with ourselves, we talked about it on your show last year, is that, you know, State just didn't have that dog in the secondary. I mean, you know know what you've got at Forbes, but you didn't have that guy at safety, you know, that could just kind of play over the top and be a good athlete and run around out there and stick it in somebody's face, you know, and that's Jackie Matthews. And the guy just has so much confidence, not cockiness, but he's very confident out there, and he plays fast. Not only does he have great foot speed, he is State's fastest safety, but you can tell he's out there processing information. He's diagnosing plays. He's able to get to the spot, and he's so close a lot of times to getting balls picked off, and you think there's just no way he's going to get there. Next thing you know, he's laying out full speed in practice. They're in the Palmero Center, and kids are bouncing off the walls trying to make plays, you know, and that's what State lacked last year at the safety position. You, know, you had some guys out there that were decent players. You did. But you didn't have that guy that played with a reckless abandon. You didn't have a Nico Whitley. And not, not that Nico could make it in today's game. We've become so soft. But uh, but I think Jackie Matthews is just one of those guys that is going to come in there and, and start from day one. And I think that he is a guy that's going to be a difference maker in the secondary. All right. Uh Outside of the starting linebackers, which is which is Wheat, Watson, and Jet, is that correct? Yep. Okay. Who who's the most talented backup behind those three guys? It's Deshaun Page, and and he's been out a couple of days because he had a family emergency, uh, sadly last week. But uh, he's acclimated and he's back and and played yesterday and looked good. I mean, he's a big physical guy. And that, you know, on defense, that's the one concern for me, really, is uh, the depth at linebacker. I mean, you feel great about your front line guys, but what's behind them? J.P. Purvis, 
finally healthy, and I think also, too, kind of trusting his health for the first time since that, that terrible accident that nearly took him and Demonte Russell out of the game. You know, it really did, and uh, not, along with a friend of theirs from Tupelo. But uh, J.P. Purvis, you know, there from Pilahatchee, looks good running around out there. He's been somewhat limited the last couple of days, and so you're starting to see that depth chart fill out just a little bit. But I think Deshaun Page is a guy that will be in the rotation a good bit. Again, I think Jet and Buki are the guys in the middle that are going to be the most productive guys, as they should be. But I think Page probably probably serves as a really good two-deeper this year. And who's who's a young guy that's catching people's attention? Well, John Lewis from uh, Germantown. John's had a good camp, too. And, uh, you know, last year he was kind of swimming a little bit. You know how it is. I mean, you know, these freshmen come in and they're they're great athletes. And the truth of the matter is they don't know an awful lot about football when they get out of the high school ranks. And that's not a shot at their coaching staff. It's just the game is so much more technical on the college sure. level. I think John's just kind of figuring it out. You know, and, again, they're not expecting him to fly this year, but he's going to be another, again, solid two-deeper. And, you know, watching him you know, play behind Tyrus Wheat and those guys, I mean, he's learning from some guys that are going to get it done and some guys that are going to make some money playing football. But, you know, John's a natural athlete. It's kind of watching him out there running around. He just – I think this year he kind of realizes he's going to be expected to play more and he was kind of banged up some last year. I think that his focus this year – uh, he's showing a little more maturity. And I, I think that he's a guy that people should really be excited about. Do you expect Trevion Williams to play the D lineman that some people think was the best player in the state last year? Yeah, I, I think so. But here's the thing, I, and I thought about that as well, too. You never know how things are going to go over the course of the season, right? But I, I don't want to waste a year on him if he's not going to play a whole lot. But I think once he gets on that field, it's going to be tough to keep him off, even with the depth you have. Because I think this is a three-year guy. I mean, I think you do too, Bo. I, I think we all realize this guy's not going to play four years in college. I mean, so if if you kind of know that going in, you need to get what you can get out of him. You know, but uh, I, I really like his game. I'm eager to see how he does in these scrimmages. You know, these these fall scrimmages that will be in the stadium over the next couple of weeks. I'm, I'm excited to see what he does there because – yeah, there's not a lot of reps to go around right now for a younger D lineman. When you know, when you think about the guys that are out there right now on that on that two D, but uh, yeah, I do think he's going to play some this year, and you know how quickly he can pick it up will probably dictate how much playing time he gets. But that guy's a stud. There's no doubt about it. And they have a scrimmage Saturday. Yeah, Saturday evening, and then we'll be back on the twentieth for another one. And uh, the next thing you know, we're getting into uh, mock week, and then it's game week. I mean, what, what are we? Twenty four days away now. I think that's right. I mean, we're, we're getting close. Thank goodness. All right, Steve. Appreciate it. Steve we'll Robertson on the uh, Yingling Lager guest line, 247 Sports Jeans page. And you're listening to ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Uh, lunch today brought to you by Salin Mookie's New York-style pizza in Madison and Eastover. So, like they do the slice of pizza with a salad usually comes out super quick mm-hmm. you and new york style slices are huge and uh it's that that perfect lunch you can pair it with a half caesar and be really happy it's it's very affordable uh salad mookie's does new york style pizza both in madison colony crossing and the eastover district in um jackson Eastover District in Jackson. There we go. Salad Mookie's New York style pizza. Uh, they do their slices Tuesday through Friday. It's a no-brainer. Do a red or a white. 
and uh, it's phenomenal. Or you can just get a big pizza for the office and a big Caesar and let everybody have a field day um, for lunch today, which I think would be a nice um, way to thank your your people. That takes me back to the good old days of uh, I would go to my grandparents' house, yeah, and they would get uh, pizza delivered. I never understood this. We would get pizza delivered from the generic pizza place, but they would pick up a salad from Salamuki's. Oh, really? I didn't understand. I was like, why are we not eating the pizza? Yeah. Yeah. that was just a peek into yesteryear for my grandparents. Couldn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they was like, because had to get the, the salad cheap, is, is jazzed up, but you had to get the cheap pizza from yeah. the generic pizza place. I love right. That. Isn't that funny? Uh, so <laughs> one thing Jeff and Dan do is across the board, Bravo broad street and salad. Mookie's amazing salad. That's right. Uh, the out of bounds show is brought to you by kinetic staffing. Uh, choose the winner among contract staffing firms with kinetic staffing. And that's kineticstaffing.com. I'll spell it for you. K-I-N-E-T-I-C. Kinetic Staffing. Get the right people on the field. Legal and professional contract and career positions. Powered by kineticstaffing.com. Build your talent bench today. Alan Lang and his team at Kinetic Staffing will take your company firm to another level. Executive search and long-term staffing leader choose the winner among contract staffing firms and that is kinetic staffing.com <laughs> 